What happens when there is a conflict between renewable energy, green energy, and you've got um, endangered species? That's actually happening just off the shores of the uh, of the United States right now, and uh, there's now you know lawsuit filed over it because what's going to take precedent? Interesting question. We're joined now by James Taylor, who is with the Heartland Institute. And uh, James, first of all, appreciate you being on the show. I think it's the first time you've been on uh, Newstalk STL. So glad to have you with us. Uh, so lay the foundation here. What's the conflict that's now getting and going to sort of that lawsuit phase? Okay, well, thank you for having me on, Mike. Basically, what you have is when uh, utilities are pushing for wind power or solar power projects, they're pushing it for a reason, and the reason is this. They get a guaranteed return on their investment of about 10%. When you build out these wind power projects, they are immensely expensive. They're usually in the realm of a couple billion dollars. They get guaranteed profit of a couple hundred million dollars every time that they do this. So they work in concert with the so-called environmental groups to push these projects, even when you have perfectly fine coal or natural gas or nuclear power plants in place. They want to build out the new uh, new facilities to enhance their profits. So what's being proposed right now is an offshore wind power project off Virginia Beach, Virginia. And the problem is this. Well, there are many problems, but the biggest problem is that you have right whales. There's only 300, just over 300 of them left in the world. And that is key to their migration path. And right whales, when they die, they die primarily because of collisions with ships or other entanglements with human activity. And by building out this proposed wind power project, you are almost certainly going to be directly killing many of the few whales that are left because they're going to be colliding with ships. They're going to have their navigation disrupted by all the sound pollution going on undersea when they're pile driving the uh, the large turbines uh, into the seabed, into the seafloor. You're going to have all sorts of problems that are basically going to doom this species. And if this were anything else, if this were a natural gas power plant, if this were mining for coal, if it were anything else that had to deal with conventional energy, environmental activists would not stand for this for a minute. The media would be in an uproar. The people perpetrating the project would be vilified beyond belief. But because we worship at the altar of carbon dioxide emissions and wind and solar power, there is barely a peep coming from anybody who self-identifies as an environmental activist as they drive this species to extinction. James, I've just got a real quick follow-up question. I know uh, Gabe has something here. When you say guaranteed profit on those, is that because of government subsidies and incentives or things like that? Um, I mean, because I don't, I don't know that the wind power is that efficient just yet to deliver a guaranteed profit. Right. So it's a return on the money they spend. So basically what you have throughout uh, the country is most of the utilities, they are regulated by but also protected by. They have a monopoly set up and guaranteed and protected by the federal government, excuse me, not, not by the federal government, by the state governments. And the state government then says, okay, if you want to build a, a project, really if you want to have any type of uh, very significant expenditure, you come to us, you get our approval. So you have the utilities that go to the state of Virginia, and they say, we'd like to build this. And with our monopoly, because you regulate how much we can charge people. The deal is the government gives them the monopoly, but then the government then signs off on 
what their costs and expenditures are. So they say, we'd like to do this. And look, we're going to reduce carbon dioxide emissions with this offshore wind power project. So the government regulators typically say, oh, carbon dioxide. Well, that's far more important than anything else. Yes, you get to do this. So yes, you want to build a $2 billion project. I'm throwing that number out there because that's typically what the cost is. It can vary. But you want to build a $2 billion project and make $200 million in guaranteed profit. We're all on board because you're reducing carbon dioxide. Good morning, James. Gabe Pfeiffer here. Um, one of the things that I've noticed, too, about the particularly the wind projects is is their impact on birds. And, and I, I often wondered how the uh, the animal protection sort of side of the environmental movement has responded or, or does respond to the uh, the other impacts of these types of projects that and, and as well as the solar farms and and what they do to their local environment, their local wildlife. Do, do they ever say anything about these projects or is it really just uh, the, the complete opposite of what would happen? And like you said, if it were a, uh, a natural gas uh, a pipeline or something like that. Right. Great point. It's a double standard. So we know for a fact that wind turbines just in the United States kill literally millions of birds and bats each and every year, uh, including many threatened and endangered species. And they get a free pass. There are no consequences. On the other hand, let's say that uh, you were uh, producing your drilling for oil or natural gas, and let's say that you had a, a, a retention pond where you keep uh, some of the water that you've used in that, and if a, if a bird happens to land in there and die, then you face enormous uh, governmental consequences and penalties, whereas if you kill an endangered uh, a bald eagle or, or some other a bird or endangered bat with your turbines, it's like, well, that's okay because we're reducing carbon dioxide emissions. It, it, it has turned on its head what the meaning of environmentalism uh, is. Back when I was growing up as a child, environmentalism was saving open spaces. And by the way, it requires more than 400 square miles of wind turbines to produce the same amount of electricity as a single coal or natural gas power plant. Uh, when I was a child, environmentalism uh, also I meant in addition to you know, preserving open lands, preserving species. But now none of the self-identified environmental activists really care about that. So the Environmental Protection Agency, which would usually be the enforcement arm for all of these regulations, they're, they're, they are literally just kind of flouting their own rules and, their, and, the, and probably the law, I think, uh, to, to allow this to continue, right? Well, they apply uh, exemptions for wind and solar power. And again, these are exemptions that don't apply for anybody else. They give wind and solar power a free pass, and they pretend that these environmental consequences, these species deaths, uh, simply do not occur. There have been conventional energy projects that have been delayed and canceled left and right in the western United States, for example, because of concerns about the sage grouse. There are thousands upon thousands upon thousands of sage grouse. And then environmental activists say, oh, but this is, but you're looking to uh, engage in, in your activity in an area that sage grouse like to use. So therefore, we can't do it. They're not even showing any deaths. They're just saying, well, it's, it's habitat that they like to use. Whereas on the other hand, when you know that you're going to drive the right whale into extinction with this offshore wind project, well, they really don't care. Hey, James, this is Ken. Real quick, uh, has has PETA or any of the Animal Welfare Institute or anybody stepped up to protest this thing? Because it's, I mean, the right whale, if there are 300 left, they're not, they're not long for us. Yeah, no, you, you hear an area peep from PETA or any other 
self-identified environmental groups, including conservation groups, including wildlife groups. Again, they are they're worshiping at the altar of the renewable energy industrial complex, all in the name of the so-called climate crisis, which does not exist. James, I, this is going to sound like a snarky question, and I really don't mean it to be. Uh, with uh, you know the construction or the proposed construction of these in the ocean, and, and obviously everything, ocean's a big place. Why don't the whales just swim somewhere else if they're spooked by the the noise? That's, I mean, I think a lot of people are asking because I'm, I'm listening, and I'm, I'm sure you're right. I just don't understand why. Yeah, you know, they have set migration patterns, much wow. like birds do, uh, when there are large uh, wind power projects, for example, in Altamont Pass in California or other places, um, the the species don't simply say, all right, I'm, we'll, we'll divert and go around it. Uh, this is what their their instinctive migration pattern is. And the their hope is, they're, is that they'll just go through it and they just don't know what's going on there, but that's what they do. Um, so that's what you're going to see here. Plus, you're going to have all sorts of activity with ships that are going to be out there uh, as far as setting up the turbines and collisions with ships. That's the that that's the biggest threat to to right whales. So even before you get to uh, the noise activity of, of pounding the turbines into the seafloor, sea um, you're still going to have collisions with ships, even if even if the whales were to understand what's going on, which which they simply don't do. Got it. Okay. All right. So the Heartland Institute and uh, also the Committee for a Constructive Tomorrow is also involved in this as well. Uh, where do we learn more online, James? Any uh, website, social media, anything like that? Sure. You can learn more about the Heartland Institute at heartlands.org, and you can certainly learn more about CFACT at cfact.org. All right, James. James Taylor from the Heartlands, too. Appreciate you being on the program. Thanks for having me on.